Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the Kinks and Beats podcast. This is episode number nine. Uh, we are talking today about a B-side that uh, some people may never have heard of, but it's a cool track and it's worth talking about. It's another George Harrison jam called Old Brown Shoe. It was released on May 30th, 1969 as the B-side to the Ballad of John and Yoko. And um, it's the second instance of Harrison being on a single. He was, the year before, he was on the B-side of Lady Madonna with his uh, Indian influence track, The Inner Light. And then, of course, later in in the year, he's going to be the A-side with something. Um, Old Brown Shoe is, is kind of a unique tune. It does have some of the hallmarks that um, we've come to expect from George Harrison. And uh, obviously that's what we're going to talk about today. It is kind of like Hello Goodbye in that the lyrics are um, opposing, every lyric opposes the preceding lyric. So, you know, where Hello Goodbye was, uh, I say hi, you say low, I say, you know, whatever. Um, This one uh, is a little bit more sophisticated that, You know, I want a love that's right, and right is only half of what's wrong. I want a short-haired girl who sometimes wears it twice as long. So it's a little bit more clever. But um, what what makes it a real standout piece by George is, as always, his melodies tend to stick to the upbeats. Okay? So where a lot of pop tunes... um, will limit the syncopation, and that's when you're putting a strong beat on the and or in between beats. Most most people will avoid that uh, to excess and kind of use it as as an accent piece, where George Harrison bases the whole of an entire melody on it. So we've got um, the first measure, I wanna, that's a pickup, love that's right. Okay, that's and right are all on the upbeats. And then the next right is only half of what's wrong. Um, those are those are on upbeats as well. And what's cool about this tune is it's a shuffle. And there aren't a ton of shuffles in the Beatles catalog, but there are enough that they become pretty expert at it. And in case you don't know the difference, uh, straight ahead 4-4 four, four would be just a 1 and 2 and 3. So that would be straight ahead. A shuffle, on the other hand, takes the second eighth note of a beat and pushes it over to the right. So it's a little bit closer to the next beat. The the second eighth note is closer to the following beat than the beat, the downbeat that it's actually a part of. So like the and of one is closer to two than it is to one. So you get this sound. Okay. So that's one thing. So that puts the syncopations, uh, that puts those syncopations uh, kind of rhythmically. It it really pulls you forward. the 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 whole melody kind of has a feeling like you're falling down the stairs forward, and you are able to stay standing, but you are also not able to stop from falling down the stairs. And that's that's the cool thing about writing shuffles in this in this manner. The other thing that he does. 
and basically what you're doing, and this is going to be relevant later in the, in the episode, but basically what you're doing is instead of counting, instead of subdividing by eighth notes, one and two and three and, you're kind of turning it into a triplet, an eighth note triplet, which is three eighth notes to the beat, and making the first two eighth notes tie them together into a quarter note. So you're going uh, triple, let, triple, let, triple, let, triple, let, all right? Um, so that becomes relevant later on. The other thing that he does with this, there are some, uh, his use of some unusual chords that you don't hear typically in rock music. Uh, and he grounds it. We're in the key of C and he grounds it on a C7 chord. Which feels like it should resolve to the F. But because he just keeps digging in there and then the next chord is a two chord, a D minor seven. And then he finally, when he goes, uh, now I'm stepping out of this old brown shoe, he hits that F. So he is grounded in C major for the most part during the verse. He's just adding that seventh, which gives it kind of a bluesier tone. And then um, the first beat of full music, when he says love, that's right. Love is actually on that seven. And then uh, there's some minor thirds in there. So he's he's doing some very bluesy notes in this, and his vocal delivery is real bluesy. But what's cool about the chord progression is so when he's going into uh, uh, I want a short-haired girl who wears it sometimes twice as long, he's in the F, F7, then he goes to an A flat. So he's doing F. So that's a cool little um, twist because he's actually, from F7, um, he should probably have gone to an A minor. Right? Because that would have been the actual 6 of C. But instead, he's going to a flat six and a, and a major version of it. It should be A minor. He's going to A flat major and then adding the seventh. And that's a cool little blues turnaround. It also happens to be a minor third above where he just came from. So it's a cool movement that you see. He uses it a lot. McCartney uses it a lot. Lennon uses it too. But they they it's kind of the signature Beatles sound. <laughs> And then he finally ends it after he hits an E augmented chord. He finally hits into that A minor, which uh, one critic actually wrote. It kind of adds to the duality of the lyrics because uh, A minor and C major share the same key signature. They both are um, no flats and no sharps, but they are kind of opposite, right? I want a love that's right, but right is only half of what's wrong. You know, so it's like it's a it's a contrast musically as much as it is lyrically um, and then he goes to the five chord when he says i'll grow up to be a singer and he stays on that and then we finally get the signature um george harrison move when he does he transitions from g to f to f sharp diminish and that's a that's a george harrison move that we will analyze forever and ever and ever because he uses diminished uh, chords like most guys use major sevenths. So, I mean, it's it's all over the place. But what's cool about this tune, and I'm going to put my guitar down, 
so as not to embarrass myself by attempting to replicate this, is a solo. He takes two solos on it. Um, one is kind of a bluesy solo. He's playing it in the style of being on a slide, but he's not really on a slide, um, I don't believe. He's just using, he's just um, double stopping. But it's that do-da, boo-da, and that's fine. It's a it's a it's a cool solo. It fits the song very well. But when the fingered uh, finger picking guitar solo comes up, which is just on a screaming tone, um, a lot of pull offs, a lot of bends, and he does this one little lick that's nothing but uh, eighth note triplets. He's a da 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 that's a cool little line, and then he switches right from those eighth note triplets into just regular eighth notes, but because we're in a shuffle, it still has that triplet feel. So you're going, and then he goes into quarter note triplets. So now with these quarter note triplets, we have kind of a opposing feel because the rhythm section is still going, boom, chuckum, 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 and then he's going, so it's kind of uh, you know inviting like this little two over three kind of feel, but never really establishing it. It's cool stuff and it, it adds to the tension. So you've got this forward momentum of his syncopated shuffled um, melody, and then you've got this added tension in this guitar solo as he's leading into coming back into. Um, I think he goes into the chorus or the bridge after the, uh, yeah, he goes back into the bridge. I may appear to be imperfect um, coming out of that really tense ending. And then underneath it, you've got, I'm going to just generically say bass guitar doing these triplets. And we are cooking here at, um, does this have a tempo marking? No tempo marking. We're cooking pretty quick here, though. Um, with this shuffle, dunk, 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 dunk. This is a rocking tune, and we've got this uh, little bass line, and it's doubled uh, on the guitar where they're going, So they're doing it's just it's just a root tone for four eighth notes, and then they're doing six eighth note triplets on the arpeggio. Now. It'd be really easy to assume that this is Paul on bass because Paul liked to go crazy on bass. Um, but George actually, in an interview in the 80s, claimed that that was him, that he just mimicked what he'd already been playing on the, on the guitar, which also adds a cool tone because you've got these parallel octaves going on in there. So there's a couple of things, a little points on this recording that um, – are kind of weird, and we have some conflicting reports. Uh, for starters, Lennon supposedly recorded a rhythm guitar part that got yanked out and uh, replaced by a Hammond organ part played by George. So Lennon is only credited as appearing uh, on the background vocals. Further, Ringo is credited on drums, but in the new Abbey Road mix, uh, on the um, because this was technically, I guess, within the Abbey Road session, so they included this in the bonus material for 
the Abbey Road anniversary release. They're claiming that Paul is on drums because Ringo was gone filming The Magic Christian with Peter Sellers. Now, I don't buy it, and I don't have Lewison's book with me to cross-reference, but my guess would be that if Paul played drums on this, Ringo came in and did overdubs because, uh, all due respect to Paul, this part sounds a little bit more complicated than... Uh, than Paul is typically doing. And we heard Ringo do this kind of stuff all the time. We heard it, we will hear it uh, when we cover the get back session. You know, even though that's not a shuffle, he's kind of got that that driving uh, drum pattern. So I'm not convinced that this is a Paul McCartney drum line, but you know, he's also credited with playing the tack piano, which is what you hear at the intro. So this is this very well could be uh, a primarily Paul and George uh, song, which is very rare and kind of funny coming on as the B-side to Ballad of Yo John and Yoko, which only had John and Paul on it. So with the exception of some background vocals, um, there's a very good possibility that Old Brown Shoe only features George Harrison and Paul McCartney as the band. But like I said, I don't 100% I don't buy it, and I'm almost positive Lewison's book credited uh, Ringo as the drummer on this. Anyway, that's Old Brown Shoe. I say give it a listen. It's on Past Masters. It's on the Blue Album, which was a greatest hits album they released in the 70s, um, which has been remastered and everything, so it sounds really good. Um, as always, it will be on our recap page this Friday. So if you go to herohabit.com, every Friday we, we post a recap that's got all of the week's five episodes alongside the audio um, so that you can listen to the song and then listen to the podcast. And uh, that posts every Friday morning. While you're there, leave some comments. Join one of our groups. We, we have some new community features up that include a Kinks group and a Beatles group. And uh, poke around. We are adding new things to that site every single day, and I'm sure some of it will be of interest to you. Also, make sure to leave us a review and a rating on iTunes and uh, subscribe wherever you're listening to this. We are available everywhere you get podcasts now. And lastly, this is new, along with our theme introduction. Um, if you would like to leave a message to be included on this podcast, either of a... a uh, to talk about a previous episode or to be included in a future episode. We're going to cover every song eventually. Okay. As long as you guys are listening, I'm going to keep uh, adding new songs to this. So if you'd like to be included on a future episode discussing your favorite song, go ahead and call me. This is a United States number 925-494-1739. That number again in the United States, 925-494-1739. Go ahead and leave a message with your first name, uh, where you're calling from, and then leave a message about a song that you like, a song that you don't like, uh, whatever. And then when we get to that song, I will include it on the podcast. And then if you have a comment or something about previous episodes, we can do those. We can tack them in at the end. All right. So that does it for today's episode. Tomorrow we're back to the kinks and doing a song that I think would have been um, one of Blondie's best tracks um, ever if they had done it in the, in the time. All right. 
I will talk to you soon. Make sure you share this with all your Beatles and Kinks fan friends all over Facebook and Twitter. Follow us at Hero Habit on all the social medias, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. Bye. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.